So welcome back to our district podcast, School Buzz. Today I have a super exciting topic. Um, <laughs> doesn't get better than this. CalPads, which is a database that the state uses to collect information on students. And uh, we had a difficulty with our grade book recently. And we sent out to teachers that, you know, the state collects grades and course information. And people were just like, a little bit shocked that the state collects all that information. So I thought I had my team of absolute experts um, in the district, and we talk a little bit about CalPads and why it was designed. So I have with me today Rebecca Morales, John Troger, and John Zeckbronger. Zweckbronger. Ze- okay, I never say his name right. That's why we just call him John Z. <laughs> it's John Trager, not Troger. Oh, oh my gosh. I don't know anybody's last name in here. Is your name Morales? It is. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Rebecca Cooksey. I know that last name. I can say that one. Um, so CalPads has been around since 2009, and it's a database that collects information on students. Uh, it has been, I just went to a conference and they were talking about this, that Governor Brown wasn't super thrilled with it, and he didn't put a lot of money into it. But Governor Newsom is really thrilled with it, and he wants information from cradle to career. So even though we collect a lot of data already, we're going to be collecting more data on kids as they grow up in California. Um, it started in 2009, and it was about collecting like where kids go to school and what their enrollment does, and then it's kind of grown and grown as it's gotten bigger. So what really is the purpose of CalPads? Well, in my understanding, it's always been based around our school's funding, LCFF funding, um, and it focuses a lot on definitely demographics and trying to evaluate whether the, um, how the students are doing in school, but the funding is important for categorical funding for like homeless, foster, um, uh, NSLP, which is our lunch programs, anything that contributes to our LCFF, including our English learners. That's the primary purpose is to um, also be able to uh, share the data with other districts across California to be able to consistently um, keep the students in the same programs throughout their uh, career in school. Okay. You guys have anything to add to that? It's just a lot of data. It's a lot of data. (laughs) A lot of data. Um, I saw that it started because of No Child Left Behind, and I think it's from that era of um, accountability, of making, if we're going to give you money, then we want to see results of what that money's um, doing for kids. And I think that also ties back to the um, local control funding formula, is if we're going to give you money and let you make decisions about what you're doing for kids, then we want some accountability back from that um, so that we can track, are your programs effective? Kids are in able to take career technical classes, and what kind of class, do you have AP classes at your high school compared to the school down the block. So I think that's part of it is they wanted in that era of accountability and we're still not out of it. It feels like we gets worse and worse every year. I think that's part of the reason CalPads was developed. Would you agree with that? Yes, completely. Yes, accountability is a big factor and now they're even transforming it over to um, getting more strict about our certificated staff and accountability with what their credentials are and um, which students are receiving what which courses and is it based on that credential or not? So they just keep adding more and more. Like uh, John Zweckbrunner said, it's a lot of data, and they keep adding more and more to it each year. This is our biggest year ever. 
that um, I think a lot of districts are going to fall behind and not be able to certify their data this year. On time, yeah. On time, yes. John, tell me a little bit about the special ed data that's been added this year. So there's been a lot of uh, new special ed data that they're collecting. It used to be collected in CaseMIS. Now it's coming straight into CalPads through the special ed uh, information system that we have. Um, it's pretty much the same data, but now it's coming straight into CalPads instead of going through CaseMIS first. And I know one of the things that we had with CaseMIS was people were putting that data in, and because there's so many hands in that program, and teachers are busy quick putting that stuff in, they might not be checking, double-checking somebody's birth date or double-checking exactly how to spell the name. And so we found a lot of errors in case miss that we had to go back and um, work on fixing, right? Yes, that's, that's correct. When they're identified to be special ed, that is another one of um, the issues is that sometimes the teachers are putting one date and then we find out from another district that they were actually identified at a different date and then this causes conflict and errors in our reporting. And one of the things that we found out this year was that we're responsible for kids in a different school district. I mean, they could be at Grace Lutheran or they could be at um, a Christian school. And if we're providing them services for special ed, now we have to collect all their information and put them up into CalPads, which was kind of hmm interesting for us because we don't have access to those parents to get that information. So that's going to be another whole layer of collecting data that... Mm -hmm maybe those parents aren't thrilled with sharing with us. Right, that would be the uh, private school students that we have. Um, so that, that's a whole new layer this year. Yes, and that's kind of um, been lack of communication on the part of um, California Department of Ed, and I would say even informing these schools to inform their parents so that they don't resist when we have to call and get data that's been mandated to report um, on our behalf, since we're the ones providing the service. All right. So we've had CalPens since 2009. John, tell us what some of the changes that you've seen in CalPads over the last few years. The biggest change was when uh, we went from um, the existing system that they had. CSIS. CSIS? CSIS? Yes. Yeah, we went from that to a, a cloud-based system. Um, there's a, a lot of pluses to that, and there's also a lot of negatives to it as well, because you've got the whole state trying to access this system through the cloud. So it causes some issues with data transference. I, I was at a conference, this last SEPTA conference, and somebody said that during certification, he changes his hours from four to midnight so he can just get the reports up because the system is so slow, you can't get any um, reports up. Yes, as, as a matter of fact, today I, I submitted a, a um, report at 8 o'clock this morning, and it didn't get to the point where I could post it until 10.14. Yes, that's crazy. So it's, it's a lot of time you have to wait, downtime that you have to wait. If you do it off hours like, like you just su suggested, um, the reports can update and post in a matter of minutes maybe, rather than hours. Maybe we should change our hours and work till midnight. <laughs> well, I requested a night shift change temporarily during the certification process, but I do realize that sometimes it's important to also be here during regular hours because that's when we have to communicate with other districts right. who have to help us on their end clean up their records so that we can get our records up because sometimes there's conflict. So then you'd also be waiting an extra day if you're sending out emails after they're gone and then they respond when you're gone. So that you're going to get delays somewhere or another 
it, it's kind of like there's no way to beat the system. No, well, you said we have to contact different districts. What, why would we have to do that? What, what information would we need from a different district? Well, sometimes they could have an enrollment that sometimes parents pull their kids out during the day and go enroll them at a charter school or at a school maybe on the on east side of town. And then they decide, and it could be a custody battle, then they decide, no, they're coming back here. Well, now we have an enrollment overlap. Or um, there's EL information that only one um, district is allowed to report um, what they're identified as, English only or English learner. And if somebody puts up a record that shouldn't have, then you're not allowed to put yours up, even though you've reported them as a census day student. You have to ask them to remove their record just so that you can put yours up. And that takes time because you have to look up that LEA's um, contact for who does the state reporting, send them an email of the detailed information, and then wait for their response to clear the record. But it holds you up in certifying your data for the district. Yeah, I know when we have a uh, we have a new enrollment system this year, we've done it online, and we ask parents a lot of information. And most of that information are required fields for CalPads. I mean, we have to ask an income question, which we're not thrilled about asking. We don't care what your income is, but we have to ask it to know if you'd qualify for free or reduced lunch because that information is something that the state and the federal government requires us still to do. Right. That's required because of the uh, fact that we're on the community eligibility provision with our lunch program. Right. So everybody gets to eat free now, but we still need the information because they want to know who qualifies for what, um, which is kind of a pain. So what would you say is the biggest problem that you see with CalPads? I would say what you just said is one of the biggest, and that is to get our parents to register online and get all their data in there because a lot of that is required information for us to have complete information for students. But not just that, it's also an understanding and cooperation from our school sites. They don't quite get the timing thing that sometimes, like for English learner testing, that's a 30-day window from when they start. And if they're not on top of it and making sure that these students are identified as either um, being an English learner or not, then we miss the deadline on that. And then just them understanding the importance of getting in contact with the parents to get registered. Um, we, it's, it's very hard to mandate that, but it, it would be helpful if they understood the importance, especially our new kids that have never been here before versus our returning students. Right. I know that there are some schools that do a great job of, like, if you register before this date, you get a otter pop or you get some kind of reward at the end of school to get parents to realize that's an important thing that they need to do. Um, I think it's Nancy Corey has done a really good job of like having a little graph that shows what grade levels have done the registration before the end of school. So that's an important thing that we need parents to understand. Um, and just that clean data, right? Getting Making sure that our data is correct in there. Uh, you guys have anything else to add to what what would say your biggest challenge with CalPEDS is? That's the biggest challenge. And then getting the, the data in there. And then the system slow down that yep. when it comes yeah. to <laughs> us getting a month or two away, we realize it's going to get slow but it doesn't help, and they have told us that in order to upgrade their system, it would have to go to a meeting of, like, the superintendents um, at your admin level and then also meeting with other districts to finally meet with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, California Department Ed 
to let them understand the importance that they need to upgrade their system. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to get some money. It sounds like Governor Newsom is putting some money into the system. So hopefully, maybe in 10 years, it will get faster. You know how things go. Uh, one of the things that was interesting to me, and is kind of a new thing in CalPADS, is that we have to track a student's until they enroll in another school district. So let's say a kid is with us and um, they decide they're not going to school anymore and mom pulls them out and they're, they're going to homeschool, but they haven't actually enrolled in a program. We are responsible for that child until they enroll someplace else, which is a little difficult when people are moving around or they've moved out of state or we're not sure what happened to them, but that's a new thing. And we have to make sure that, that kids are getting education. Because sometimes parents pull them out and don't actually enroll them for a couple of weeks. So they keep them at home for a while and have fun. And um, we've got to be accountable for that. So that's a new thing. Anything else that's new to CalPADS that I haven't mentioned? I don't think so. Just the, certificate, the uh, certificated um, teachers that yeah. I mentioned. That was the newest thing. And then... Um, well, coming down the pipeline, we have... Uh, Testing for ELs is going to go, the data is going to go straight into CalPADS mm-hmm. after they take their test instead of having to come through us. They'll get their uh, English learner language status mm-hmm. uh, right away. So, yeah, that includes the new dual language immersion um, program that they're now going to be tracking that as well, not just our English learners, but um, those students um, that are in the program who are English only but wanting to learn another language. So they've introduced that as another piece that's about to be rolled out this weekend onto our system so that we can start inputting that. So just more and more data. That's right. <laughs> um, now, as a parent, I know that there's all this data for my children up at the state level. If I wanted to see that data, how could I see that? I don't think you can. DataQuest, I believe, Data is Quest. there for everyone, for the public to see just... Um, Summary of counts. Yeah, now, their counts. actual data themselves mm-hmm. up to know what their students are being reported as. I don't believe there's any way for them to no. see that right now. And that's that in my research, that's what I found out. That if you wanted to see that, you don't go to the state level and say, hey, CalPads, I want to see how Emily Cook see what mm-hmm. information. You go back to your school district and you can say, I want to see what you report to the state and we'll just give you the fields that we have in Power School because that's what we, we that's report what we to report. the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if we decided, hey, we don't feel like doing cow pads, we're just not going to do it, what would happen to us? Well, I think that would impact our funding because recently we, we found out since the threat is that a lot of people aren't going to certify this year for the districts that um, somebody asked the question, how does that impact our funding? And they said, uh, we're just going to go based off your prior year's certification. And then if you do make it to the final amendment window to certify, we'll revise those on your um, attendance reporting for ADA, and um, then you'll get the allocated funding. But yeah, I would think that once, I don't think there is, I don't know what the penalty is for just saying, hey, we want to opt out, we don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I don't think we want to find out the penalty for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually did some research, so I know what the penalty is. It says failure of the school district to comply with the state law by not meeting CalPAD's reporting requirements may result in zero enrollment counts on official state and federal reports, uh, which means we get no funding, <laughs> which would not be good. <laughs> well, they let you slide one year, but I think after that, if they don't have a prior year to base it off of, 
yeah, you kind of, <laughs> where are you at with funding? How do you account for it? You don't if you didn't mm-hmm. report. Yeah, so um, it's one of those things that takes a majority of our time in um, the ITS office. Um, how much time would you say you spend on CalPEDS, Rebecca? I would say pretty much all of my day. I rarely get to work in um, other things, assisting power school. It's anything and everything re- revolving around um, CalPEDS, uh, state reporting. This year was, or I should say last year, was the, the big year where they implemented saying, hey, you can now have you only accounts for people. So we went from having like maybe um, 50 accounts in CalPEDS for people who use the system to, I know it's a, over 170 accounts now. So, and they only allow one person to maintain those accounts and also one person to report any issues or problems that you're having on whatever um, it pertains to. So it all has to go through the LEA admin, which is me. So that is just an extra layer that who (laughs) has time to be, you know, an administrator of accounts and problem solving when you're trying to reconcile your data across like 13 different programs and get it clean first. And I love the requirements in the state because they, they tell us to do this and then they don't fund it with any extra money to for personnel to, people, to get right? these things done. Say, yeah. Oh, by the way, you might need another staff person to help with this. So I've learned that many people will be retiring this year from this position because it is so overwhelming this year. And some districts are offering awesome incentives to retire. So why not take that? I, I, I heard Escondido's giving 70% of their salary. I'm like, okay, how do we get a piece of that? <laughs> now tell me, um, John, how this system ties to TOMS, which is our assessment program. Well, this system re- will take the data that we provide to it, and during their nightly process, we'll sync up to the TOMS system. And within the TOMS system, for the testing, they can assign the whatever is necessary for if there's an alternative assessment that needs to be taken, uh, whatever accommodations need to be provided. But first, we need to have the data up in CalPads so that they can uh, have access to that student in TOMS to assign what's necessary. And I know uh, Sam, our Director of Assessment and Ed Technology, is really on us to keep up our CalPads and make sure our kids have an SSID, which is a state student ID number, because if they don't have that, then they can't take the test. And um, since we have a lot of student mobility, we have a lot of kids in and out of the school district, um, especially during May when we're doing testing, that is something we, we upload files every day at that point, because we have to have those SSIDs so quickly for kids. And I know that some of the testing now is starting at the beginning of the year, especially for our special ed students. So that idea of having that information up and ready to go is just critical. So it's it's something that we can't kind of like slough off and wait until Friday to do. It's something that we have to keep up on all the time. And I, I think most people don't understand the requirements of CalPads. Right. And yeah. that, that timing is a big factor, like you said, to get those up there and get them assigned immediately. But in addition to that, we have to follow it up with their enrollment, their demographics, their programs, because the conflict that I was talking about, having to email and contact other districts, is if our student leaves us and goes to another district and we didn't get our data up there, and they're in a more timely manner than us, and they get their data up there, 
that's where the conflict comes in because if we were the initial school, we're supposed to have reported them first, mm -hmm. and that's where it comes in that we have to contact them and say, please remove your record because they're on their game and we're kind of lagging and we didn't get all our information up there in a timely manner before that student left us. Right. So we're not thankful for CalPads, mm -hmm. but we uh, are coming up to Thanksgiving. So tell me something that you're thankful for. Well, I guess I'm thankful for the old saying of job security. There's just so much of this. <laughs> That's that, true. <laughs> you know, I could have overtime every day and work Saturdays and still not be caught up for quite some time. So I'm thankful mm -hmm. to have this job and um, the help, the awesome members of our team that helped me. I said I couldn't do it without them. I have no idea. John and John are just amazing with their um, technical skills for reports and um, problem solving and we just meet as a team constantly on what's coming up the pipe and whether you know to implement something now or is it going to impact teachers grading and then I have two other team members um, Lisa and Jennifer who work on ELA and anomalies for any conflicts with enrollment overlapping enrollments or exiting students all of that is a big piece of this that has always been there, and now with all this other stuff on top of it, if I didn't have such an awesome team and a good support manager like yourself, <laughs> Rebecca, that's very understanding and accommodating with, that when I can't people get teams or departments to cooperate, you're on it to help you know, guide that. Yeah, they I'm get that, for just that nasty email for me. <laughs> yeah, says, hey, do this. Hey. Or else. <laughs> I mean, it helps because sometimes we need some, you know, some pull from a higher up to step in and, and get someone to, to, we're pleading with them to do it in a timely basis. And when push comes to shove, it's nice to know that we have a good support system. So I'm thankful for our staff. Thank you. John, what are you thankful for? Well, I'm thankful for so many things, but you know, mostly uh, my family and all their support, and the fact that I have this job is just an amazing uh, you know, use of my abilities. Because before I was mm, not feeling challenged, uh -huh. this job <laughs> and, helps, and I can challenge you, can't I? <laughs> this, this job helps fill that one. I'm thankful that I have this job, and I'm also thankful that I don't have to do CalPads full-time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am uh, thankful also for my family. Uh, I don't I think I've told anybody that doesn't know in the universe yet, but I am going to be a grandma in May, so I'm super <laughs> thankful for that, and I'm thankful for the people that I work with, because I just, Lancaster School District is just a wonderful place to work. I There's so much family and you know, being kind to each other and giving each other grace. And I just appreciate my team and how hard they work. Um, just the best team ever, uh, software side, IT side, welcome center, um, alternative learning. I just have the best people in the world. So I'm, I'm just thankful for everybody. All right. So hopefully you have a nice Thanksgiving and a nice break. Um, as you tune out, please listen to Kelly Stock and the students at Sierra singing Simple Truths.